listening to Coffee Talk with Father Brad. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you, I am going away and will come back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. One of the first controversies of the early church is recounted in the first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, written by St. Luke, chapter 15. It's the first council of the church. You know, we had the Second Vatican Council in the 1960s. In the late 1800s, we had the First Vatican Council. Trent was in the mid to late 1500s. The first one is actually found in Scripture, Acts 15, and it's the first decision that the apostles had to make after Jesus' ascension. So when Jesus was walking around with the apostles, they would ask him questions. They'd be like, hey, what did you mean by this? Or um, how do we pray? And he says, you know, say the Our Father. Gives them the Our Father. So they're asking him questions. But there's only so much the Lord in his his life, life here on earth, he can teach the apostles. So Obviously, his passion, death, burial, resurrection. What we're going to celebrate next weekend, the ascension. And then he sends the Holy Spirit. And that's how he's guiding the church. And this is the first controversy, the first question. What do we believe as Christians do? And here's the question that they're asking. Do Gentile converts need to fulfill all the obligations of the old covenant law? All the dietary restrictions, right? They couldn't eat pork. All the ritual restrictions or or things, um, namely circumcision. Today we're talking about that. That's what they were discussing. It's important because if Gentile converts, adult converts, had to be circumcised as adults, that really would hinder evangelization. Wouldn't it? Do do you understand what I'm saying? Like a 35-year-old grown man would have to... You know what circumcision is? Okay, now you're getting it. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Like, I'm going to look at 35-year-old... Hey, if God calls us, if, if we have to, then I would call people to do that. That's what they're asking. They're like, hey, guys, are we going to make these Gentiles do this? If we have to, we will. 
But do we have to? Now, if you asked a Christian, a random Christian on the street, what the church's teaching is about the old covenant ritualistic and dietary laws and whether we're fulfilled or we have to fulfill them as as Christians now, they, they probably wouldn't be able to give you a quick answer. If you ask, let's say, a pastor, a, a Protestant pastor, and you said, and you asked the same question about the ritualistic and dietary laws, they'd say, well, let's look at the scriptures. Let's look at the scriptures, because the scriptures are the authority for, let's say, a Protestant pastor. And they'd say, look, here in Acts, we see the Gentiles do not have to keep this tradition of circumcision and various laws, because it says so in scripture, right? You know, I was thinking about this, and what stood out to me is that it is not Luke who says that we don't have to be circumcised. It is not the Acts of the Apostles written by Luke that says that makes the decision that we don't have to be circumcised. It's the Apostles. The Apostles say it. Luke is recounting it. When Luke writes, Luke, Acts, or they go together, Luke is the author of Acts, and they kind of go together as a tandem. He's writing in the late first century. He's writing maybe in, the, in 80 AD. That's many, many years after Jesus' death, resurrection, ascension. And what did the apostles do from 33 AD to 80 when they're writing Luke and Acts? Or when the Gospel of Matthew is being written, John's written even later. John's written in maybe 90s A.D. What did the church do? That's what Acts is recounting. The Bible is not our only authority in terms of our faith. In fact, it's Scripture itself. Acts itself shows us that, that the apostles made a decision about faith. What was going to be the church's teaching? This is actually what they said in the Acts of the Apostles. It was the decision of the Holy Spirit and of us not to place on you this burden of circumcision. It was the decision of us, and they're talking about the apostles, the bishops, the leaders of the church, the magisterium, and the Holy Spirit. It is synonymous to the early church. They couldn't look it up. They didn't have a Bible to look it up. They couldn't, hey, let's go see what Luke says. Luke hadn't written the Bible. Let's see what Acts says about about circumcision. Acts didn't exist. You get what I'm saying here? I'm saying that our authority as Christians, the authority of our teaching... It lies in Scripture, but only because Scripture, God uses Scripture. He uses the church to write Scripture. He inspired people in the church to write these books and these letters. And it was the church that decided which letters and which books were inspired. So next, next week, we'll look at the ascension, right? Jesus ascends in, and they're all looking up. It's not like he ascends up, and then a Bible falls down. Like off a rainbow or something, you know? It's raining Bibles. No, it's not raining Bibles. It's it's raining tongues of fire on the apostles' head. 
In Revelation, the second reading from today, what's the foundation of the new Jerusalem? That's not little Bibles. It's, it's the 12 pillars that represent the 12 apostles. It is the apostles that's the foundation. And I'm not, look, I love scripture. Scripture is the infallible word of God. God gave it to us, but guess who he gave it through? The church. G.K. Chesterton, I'll end with this image that G.K. Chesterton gives us. G.K. Chesterton, the book he wrote about his conversion, he said, play like you're standing on a street. So we're standing in New Orleans, okay? And a procession's going by. And this procession is the entire church throughout history. All the bells and whistle and smoke and traditions. And from the beginning until now, there's bishops with their, you know, their mitres, their crazy hats. There's, there's a, you know, Father Matthew holding the Eucharist. He's processing with the Eucharist. He's got a monstrance in the Blessed Sacrament, and there's people carrying. The Knights of Columbus, um, with their crazy hats and swords, are carrying Our Lady, like Mary. There's relics of saints, like there's a, a, a saint's arm. Just, we're weird, by the way, us Catholics. There's an arm, a saint's arm, and we're carrying it through the streets. And there's a Deacon Ricky, he's got the book of the gospel, he's got the Bible, and he's walking through, and it's this whole procession, everything. And he says, you're standing next to two people. So you're seeing this procession. You're standing next to two people. One on your left is an atheist and on your right is a Protestant. Chesterton says, I can understand the atheist walking up to the procession, punching the priest in the face, throwing down the Eucharist, kicking Deacon Ricky in the shin, throwing Mary on the ground, cracking everything, saying, this is all horrible. This is superstition. This is... Ridiculous, burning the Bible. It's all ridiculous. He can understand. He doesn't agree with the, the atheist, but he can understand the atheist. But he can't understand a Protestant walking up to the same procession, grabbing the Bible from Deacon Ricky and saying, I'll, I'll, I'll take this. But the Eucharist isn't the Eucharist, throwing Mary on the ground, punching Father Matthew in the priesthood. No, none of it. I don't want the, I don't want the vestments. I don't want the, the novenas. I don't want, I don't want the church. He can't understand that. Because what does the Bible mean apart from the church? Where did the Bible come from? It's one of the things that is in the procession. Do you understand? If we're going to understand Scripture, truly, if we're going to understand the Bible, if we're going to understand our faith, we can't just take one aspect of it and divorce it from everything else and say, I'll take this. No, we receive Scripture. We receive the sacraments. We receive the tradition of the church from within the church because that's where it came from. Hey guys, this is Father Brad Doyle. I'm here with Grace Krause and she doesn't want to be on this part, but it's okay. Um, we're actually coming to you if the quality of the recording sounds a little off. It's because we're using just a one microphone um, we're on the Fading West 2019 
pilgrimage that is the West Coast extravaganza. And so we're going to go around the world with you and tell you who's been listening. So if you, we've seen a lot more people from the West Coast, obviously, because we've been traveling down the West Coast. So um, we see some people from Anaheim, uh, a lot more from, or some from San Jose. Um, and let's see, what else? Mountain View, California. I didn't see a San Francisco, so um, maybe that'll pop up at some point. Maybe a lot of suburbs of San Francisco. So um, because we recorded an awesome San Francisco patron edition, that's Lucas Krim and... Oh, not Krim. (laughs) That's Lucas Krim and Matt Chan. That rhymes. Uh, Lucas Cram and Matt Chan, uh, both in the San Francisco area. We recorded a podcast with them that'll be coming out in a few weeks. Um, but that's why people would listen up for them. I also see Pisca Forest, North Carolina. This is kind of funny. Seasonal, seasonal, uh, Grace. Pisca, why would Pisca be a part of this? <clears throat> Camp. Just keep drinking your wine. Okay, yes, camp. People went to camp in North Carolina, in Brevard, North Carolina. And that is why people started listening to Pisca Forest. That's pretty cool. Um, It's time for reviews. There are no reviews. That means y'all need to get on it. If you're a listener, if you listen regularly, if this is the first time you're listening, I need you to go onto your iTunes, just click the cover photo, scroll all the way down, hit review and write something cool. Uh, give someone a shout out. Um, you know, ask someone to prom on our reviews. I will read it. And if they listen to it, they will say yes. Let's go to Patreon. We got one more patron, Grace Krause. You know who it is? Every time you say that, I think you're saying that I'm the patron. And I'm like, nope, still not a patron. <laughs> Grace Krause is still not a patron. Um, it is Lucas Cram. Yay, Lucas. Lucas was on the podcast and it was a blast. Um, so he's joining a $5 level. So he'll be on the show. He'll obviously be on a show um, that you're going to hear in a couple weeks, but, um, we're going to get down to everybody who is a patron soon. Um, we'll be reaching out to you as we're recording more shows. So if you haven't been on your $5 patron, don't worry. We're not forgetting about you. I know you're out there. Um, we're going to get you on the show. So we're a little tired. We drank a little wine because we're in like, we, we watched little mermaid. We're on a pilgrimage said mass. We're going to have an episode maybe where we recap everything that happened on the pilgrimage. Maybe not. Um, but until next time, God bless. Peace. Peace.